G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, today we are going through positional tiers and rankings, looking at all the wings. Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. And he's going to go. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. It's the journey. Mamba out. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by HoopBall. My name is Mitchell Casey and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and you can also follow us on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Um, check us out over there. The um, Instagram page is pretty fresh and just getting started, so go and support us by giving us a follow. And as always, I'm joined with my good friend Callum Mack. How are we doing? The Fantasy Expert. That's it. Um, the fantasy guru. The okay. guru. Um, but, but I am also an expert. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll remember the proper title next time. Apologies. Uh, all right. We are getting into more positional tiers and rankings. We're going through the forwards slash wings today. So uh, like we said on the last podcast, the guard tiers and rankings, if you haven't checked it out, please head over onto our YouTube channel or onto our podcast channel as well. Check that one out. We're talking forwards today. Um, anything before we get stuck into the forwards um, to talk about these guys here, Cal? Now let's rip into it. Let's go. Let's go to it. We've got tier one, one player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I think he is a top five player in head-to-head um, category leagues. Again, yes, these are category league rankings and projections. This is head-to-head league focused. Giannis would be further back in a Roto League. He would be exactly this spot in a Points League. But uh, for the sake of this rankings and list, this is nine category head-to-head leagues. But Giannis on his own, anyone you could throw in there to contend with him there, Cal? Look, I, I could, probably could say Kevin Durant could be up there, but it's the durability. Mm. Uh, that's the only thing that would be the question mark. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's going to come up soon. But yes. Giannis, Giannis is... Um, He's the clear pick of the two of them, um, and Giannis, you are forced to do the pump free throw, but it, it's a it's a pretty easy build as we've um, kind of demonstrated. Yes, it is an easy. Well, I won't, I won't say it's an easy build, but it's it's a clear build. You know exactly what you're looking for. Um, but you know, and if you want an example of that, check out our first mock draft on the on the channel as well. Uh, but yeah, look, Giannis, he's reliable. He's the two time MVP, um, the Greek freak. He gets points, rebounds. Good assistant steals, blocks, uh, field percentage is massive. So there's lots of categories he provides a big boost in. Obviously, the, th- the free throws is horrible. You're punting that category. He's somewhat durable. And I think that I think there is a clear gap between him and Kevin Durant, which is why I've got him further back. Kevin Durant's also got those question marks where he didn't play a whole lot of games with James Harden and Kyrie where all three of them were together. At most parts of the season, one or two of them were injured. Um, so... For that reason, I've slotted him back into the next tier. So let's get on to the next tier, tier two. We've got Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Paul George. I put them all in the same tier. I was tempted to put Durant in his own tier because I think he's clearly ahead of those other guys. But I think just with durability concerns, he he falls back to these guys. Uh, 
I think you might have him a fair bit higher than these guys. Am I right in assuming that? I, I would happily take him a bit ahead of both those guys. I, I kind of consider Tatum and Paul George more as second rounder. Kevin Durant, I think, at this point, is a clear first rounder. I would say that I'd definitely consider Tatum a first rounder. I think he is someone who's going to like score you a lot of points. He finished the season really strong last year. Um, no Kemba. How, how do you build around Tatum? He, he is a tough one. I'll give you that. I, I think if you pair him with like uh, Paul George or Bradley Beal, which are the guys who are around the end of that first round draft, you just go with a punt field goal percentage uh, build um, and just do it that way. I think... You know, from a, a forward position to get you those assists is really valuable. So, and he gives you good free throw percentage, good steals. So, I think that's the way you go. But you don't necessarily have to. It's not some of, one of those ones that you get locked in. But ha- you know, all these guys, except maybe Paul George, who's pretty clear punt field goal percentage. Him and Durant are pretty similar in terms of like their statistical profile. Um, they're pretty good across the board. Durant probably gives you more blocks. Is probably the only other thing. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um... And the free throws are pretty good. He shot about 87%, five attempts. Uh, that definitely helps. The turnovers are pretty competitive for someone. If you're going to get them in the first round, only 2.7. It's pretty damn good. Um, obviously, be the late first round. But uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, I do like Paul George as well, especially this season with Quiet. He's going to be the number one option. Um, that Clippers team is still pretty good. Like, just remember that they still made the conference finals when Kawhi went down. They, they won a couple games. Um, and they put up a good fight with Paul George as the number one option in the conference finals. He he will. I think he's going to average upwards of um, oh, 26, 27, uh, could be close to 30 points a game. I think about 28 is where he'd sell. The, a downfall of Paul George is um, his steals really dropped after last yeah, season. Yeah, which was so weird. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the stats are in the favor of it. It's probably going to go back up a bit because 1.1 yeah. 1. – He's always been close to two steals a game, so that is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, you could say last season was a small sample size, being fifty-four games. I, I would expect that to come back up. Yeah, I, I think I think that's his floor in terms of steals. He's going to get you at least a steal a game. I, I wouldn't be very shocked at all if he was a steal and a half. I think that's probably I'd probably predict him to be closer to that than one steal a game. I think he he will get that back up there as well. Um, but I think yeah, look, Kevin Durant I think is a better per game than these guys pretty comfortably. But if you are taking into account the risks and things like that, that's just where I, I just bring them a bit close to these other dudes. All right, let's move on to tier number three. This is another group of three players. I think these guys are all very clearly second round players. Um, more, uh, I guess, the second half of the second round, but maybe you could push up a bit higher depending on your build and what you're looking for. Um, so we've got Jimmy Butler, Zion Williamson, and LeBron James the king, some might say the goat, some might not. <laughs> um, but let's talk about these three players. Who, who stands out to you in this build uh, here? And, and do you think that I've got the order right with Jimmy, Zion, and LeBron third? Um, I think all these guys, it depends on your build, and they're all about that same level. So I'm totally happy with this tier. Yeah. Um, Jimmy is amazing in a punt threes. Um, he can be really good in... Um, punt points as well. Um, so you can get him on the on the spin in the late round. He, he can work out pretty well in a few builds. Zion, obviously, you punt three throws. You have to punt three throws, I think, with him. That is usage is going to be so high. And then you have LeBron James. Who I feel like people are sleeping on um, just how good his uh, assists can be. at seven and a half assists a game. I understand Westbrook may hurt him a little bit, but he's still going to put up 25, 7, and 7. Like, he always has. 
He, he's gotten better at threes. He, he will be competitive there. And his three-throw percentage is bad, but salvageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I actually really like, if we go back to Jimmy Butler uh, for a second, I really like a pairing of him and Anthony Davis from the first round. So if you get an Anthony Davis, you know, his um, three-pointers are a bit of a weakness. He's also one of the lowest point scorers in the first round. Um, and then if you pair him with the Jimmy Butler, you've got excellent field goal and free throw percentages. You've got great steals. You've got great blocks. You've got decent rebounds and assists. Um, obviously, you don't have threes, and the points are a little bit down. So if you wanted to, you can go into a punt. You can try and get some with high points in the third round as well. But I think that's a really good start and a good pairing if, if you're looking at a one-two punch sort of more towards the back end of the first, midway through the second as well there. Um Look, Zion, I think, is just your perfect free throw percentage punt guy. I think, you like, in the mock draft, whenever I got... If I got Giannis and then I get Zion in the second round, I just don't think you can ask for a better start to a draft than that. I think that's just that's just so perfect uh, because you just get those huge points, huge field goal percentage. Like, from that point on, you can take so many more poor field goal percentage guys. Your field goal percentage is still going to be so rock solid. Um, uh, and going from there, if you miss out on Zion then I think LeBron is the next guy in that free throw percentage uh, punt build. So end of the second round, start of the third round, I'm, I'm very happy taking LeBron there. But uh, I would be, I would clearly be going Zion ahead of LeBron uh, in that build. Would that, would you be the same? Um, oh, definitely in a punt three throw percentage. Yeah. Um, but LeBron still is great. And then, look, you could even throw Rudy Gobert in the discussion potentially. Yeah. Um, but I, I think these guys are the points. It's a lot more valuable. Yeah, the points and assists are going to be there. And I think we are going to see a bit more points Zion this year. So I think those assists are going to come up to what we have seen in the past. Let's move on to tier number four. Again, this is probably we're looking at the third round here. So between picks 25 and 35 would be my rankings here. I have seen some of these guys even a little bit higher, especially the, the name at the end of the list here. Let's go through them. Jalen Brown, OG Ananobi, and Michael Porter Jr. I want to first talk about Michael Porter Jr. because I've seen a lot of other fantasy analysts get very, very excited about MPJ. Um, I can see the appeal. Look, he's stupidly efficient from the field, gets you the high points, good threes, You know, still on a block, uh, rebounds are pretty solid. He's excellent in a punt assist build. I, I'm, I am worried with a bit of regression in terms of that field goal percentage. Though. I, know, I don't know if he can keep it up this year. And if he just slips a little bit in that category, it drops him way down the rankings. So for that reason, I've, I've got him behind those other two guys. What, what are your thoughts on MPJ? Um, I, look, I think... I, I, look, he fits up on assist build. If you get him, you have to. He only just averaged one assist per game yeah. um, last season, and, is, and he struggled to get there. Which is um, amazing. <laughs> it's hard to do with that many, many minutes, that many shots yeah. as well. He's put up thirteen, you know, uh, field goal attempts a game. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about OG. I think I think you have OG too high. I'll be honest. Really, um, I had him on my team last season. He he always gets kind of a little bit of nagging injuries, and um and that team is deep on the wing now. He's the, yeah, they got Garrett Trent Jr. They, they've got the rookie and Scotty Barnes, um, Pascal Siakam. Maybe Pascal's in the trade market, I guess. But well, let's also deep. remember uh, Pascal's going to be injured to start the season. So he's missing a, a fair chunk of the season with a uh, labrum tear in his shoulder. So we do have to shout that one out as well. So he's going to miss. He, he's got a similar timeline, I think, to Clay. Maybe coming back a little bit before Clay. Um, 
So I think that's lots of opportunity for OG. If we remember to the end of last season, OG started to get a lot more responsibility shooting the ball and putting up shots towards the end of the year. And he's always been someone who's been elite at steals and elite, or not elite, but good in terms of blocks from the wing position. So uh, I just think he's very solid and underrated. Look, you don't have to reach for this point to get him. I think, let me just check his ranking on... Yahoo, I think it's something. He, he like is elite 16. in steals. He he gets the blocks as well. Um, even the three point is quite good. Two point four three is a game. Yeah, I think he's going to take another step up this year. He's still really young, um, and I just think that he's going to be more involved in the offense. So he's ranked sixty fourth on Yahoo. So obviously, this ranking I've got him is like thirty spots at least higher than where he's being drafted on Yahoo at least. Uh, I think he did go in the third round in our mock draft. I think towards the end of the third round, which I think is fine. I'm very happy to take him there. He maybe is a punt points guy, but even then, I think he he could get close to 20 points per game this year. Where where would you be comfortable drafting him? Um, I was thinking more of the 50 kind of range, personally. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, he doesn't hurt you in anything, but he also doesn't scream at you either. If you do a punt points, then yeah, I guess it makes more sense. But even then, he's still only putting up two assists a game, and I still wouldn't expect that to really go up much, um, even if he does take a step forward. Yeah. I mean, Lowry's not there. Maybe maybe he gets, like, up to three assists per game. I, I don't know. I, I really just like OG and OB in terms of a player. I think he's I think he's shown a lot of skill, and I think he's got more to show. So uh, a little bit of forward projection going on there, but... Um, I do like OG. Maybe you could flip uh, him and Michael Porter Jr. at this point. Uh, I wouldn't be too upset with that. They're all pretty close to me, uh, depending on if you need those elite steals or not. Let's move on to tier number five. And if you want to talk about boring players, I think this tier is um, full of them. We've got we've got a few different guys in here. We've got Chris Middleton, Brandon Ingram, Toby, Toby Harris, and Mikhail Bridges. And I'm picking this as sort of like the fourth round, you know, 40 to 50 kind of range. Who, who stands out to you in this this tier here, Cal? Um, I actually quite like um, Tobias Harris. Um, I think there's a, obviously there's a trade that's going to happen soon. Maybe he's going to become the number two option. Potentially. The trade really will entail. He shot really well last season. Like with, with Doc Rivers, um, he, he was amazing with Doc Rivers. He likes Doc as a coach, hey? He really does. He was yeah. like the Mr. 50-40-90 um, with Doc Rivers at the Clippers. And and now he had another amazing season where he was pr- almost 50-40-90 again um, while getting about 20 points per game, 51% from the field, really good on turnovers, only 1.7. And, and he put up like a steal and a block a game as well. So even yeah. the defensive stats are there. Yeah. I think he's a great all-rounder. And to get him in this range, um, someone who contributes on, in every category, especially when he could have more value with Simmons out, I think yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, there is a bit of upside in here. Obviously, it's hard to know, though. Like, if, if they get, I don't know, they're probably not going to do this, but if they get Damian Lillard back in a trade, or if they get... I say they get CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum. Like, CJ's probably going to be ahead of him in terms of offense. So, but but if they get back, I don't know, someone like Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Buddy Heald, then he's still probably that second guy on offense. Um, so, it, it's hard to project that sort of thing. So... He sort of slots in here. He's a bit of a boring player. Nothing's going to jump out to you amazing, but like you said, he's going to contribute in every single area, which is similar to a lot of these guys. Brandon Ingram and Chris Middleton are pretty uh, pretty much the same here. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, I was close to leaving off this tier, um, but just super efficient. Uh, again, huge boost to both percentages, good steals, but again, probably another punt points guy. Um, you know, good, good threes. He might take us another step forward. He is a younger player, but... 
Just not very exciting. I do see a lot of players taking, or a lot of people taking him even sometimes higher than this. I, I, this is as high as I would probably go. Um, yeah, like I said, I'd nearly push him down to the next tier. But I do think he separates himself from the next guys just with risk and injury things going on as well. Yeah, I think that, look, that 54% he shot from the field is pretty crazy considering he got, got two three-pointers a game. Yeah. I think um, that is, to some degree, look, he played every game this season as well, 72 games Very this dribble. season. So his overall value was huge. I wouldn't expect that to happen again. Um, same with Chris Paul. He played almost the same amount of games. And I'm, I'm guaranteed Chris Paul helped him a fair bit. So if Chris Paul goes down, um, you would expect his field goal definitely to drop. I think that's they kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. And and then again, look, thirteen points, four rebounds, two assists. They don't really stare. Um, they don't really scream at you. No, for, they don't. For it's, someone in the in the fifties. So. Yeah, it, it like the numbers don't jump out the page, but like it is those efficiency numbers, um, the defensive numbers. You know, still in a block per game, and those threes there. It's a unique com- uh, combination. And if you care about turnovers, obviously zero point eight turnovers is really good. But me, I'm not someone who really gives a shit. So. Um, yeah, if, if you're a punt points assists build, he jumps up uh, tremendously in value, but um, probably a little bit of a separation between him and those other three players on this list. Um, let's go on to tier six. Uh, so these guys, I would definitely be outside of the top 50, more towards the 60 mark here. Uh, we've got DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, and Jonathan Isaac. Um, I want to talk DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, new team. He's on the Chicago Bulls. I actually think that we're going to see a fair bit of uh, hurt to DeMar DeRozan's game. I think coming over to this team, he's the third in line in terms of scoring. Would you agree with that? He's behind Vucevic and Levine in the pecking order. You could slot him. I think him and Vuce could be on that same level, yep. like a 2A, 2B, depending on game to game. But I think Zach definitely is number one. Yep. So, I mean, regardless, he is going to take a step back because he was the number one option at the Spurs. Yeah. He's going to digress. Um, I would expect the three throw percentage to come down. Sorry, the um, actual this attempts per game yeah. to come down, which yeah. is why he was so valuable. That's that, that's his best category outside of um, also assists, which I yes. think should also come down as well, which would really bring it down. I, I think he, um, he only really fits a punt three-point build um, yeah. at this point in time. He could even fit the punt steals as well because he's always been pretty bad yeah. on, on that end too. Yeah, if we go back to that pairing that I had before with Jimmy and AD, like he might fit a build like that, okay, because you're looking after both percentages and that type of build. But like I said, because of the fact that he's going to go from a first player to maybe a third player in terms of pecking order, because he's one of those rare players that is boosted, he's good in both categories, field goal percentage and free throw. When he loses attempts in both free throws and field goal percentage, not only does that decrease, like that's just a huge hit in terms of, um, those percentage categories coming down, not to mention the points coming down, not to mention the assists coming down. So there's like four categories that have the potential of of dropping. Um, and when he's not a huge threes guy, not a huge steals guy, rebounds aren't massive either. That's like that's a lot of his value gone. And uh, the more I'm talking about it right now, the more I think he should probably go down further in the list. But, um, you know, he is still a good player, so he should still be able to get some kind of uh, good points and assists at some point. But... We shall see. What about Jonathan Isaac? Obviously, coming back from an injury, might not be ready to start the season, but I don't think he'll miss too much time. On a per-game ranking, he might be higher than this, but obviously you've got a bit of a risk with his injury history. Do you think that I've got him too high here? or I, I just hate this this round, this tier right here. I don't like a lot of it, to be honest, but I, I couldn't put them further back because I don't like a lot of the players after this either. 
Uh, I could probably put Jonathan Isaac in the tier afterwards just because, just with the magic, they're not going to rush anything. They're definitely not going to rush him back. I can see some rests, which can really annoy you as a fantasy owner. Yeah. I think that's um, inevitable. But he's got to have some good games. He's one of those guys who put up like kind of two three-pointers, um, high steals and blocks, which is very rare. Um, yeah. But I would, yeah, I would be hesitant just because the rest factor. Yeah, look, yeah, I just, I, I, from this point on in the draft, I think from Mikael Bridges down, there's a lot of forwards that I, I really don't like, and I, I think there's a lot of question marks. Even like Gordon Hayward in this tier, you know, injury concerns. Always um, injured every uh, year. Always, every year. We, ha- we have to take into consideration, and, and, and they're deeper over in Charlotte now as well. They brought along Kelly Oubre Jr., um, you know, Bridges is still there. You've still got PJ Washington, all these other guys. They've drafted a, a good rookie at that position as well, so... I just don't like this tier, really. Um, I really don't like this. And I think there's another big drop-off into the next tier as well, where there's a few other guys that, you know, have a lot of deficiencies. So let's let's move on to that tier now. Tier number seven. We are looking at, again, probably a bit further back, 70, 80 kind of range. Um, probably more 80 than 70, in my opinion. We've got Jeremy Grant, Robert Covington, Andrew Wiggins, and Miles Bridges. What are your thoughts on the guys in this tier? I think I think everyone's a bit low on Jeremy Grant now. Is yeah, it, can I say that? Maybe. I mean, he was awesome to start the season last year, but he did fall off a cliff and and sort of <laughs> stop playing basketball halfway through, or not halfway through, three quarters of the way through last season. So I'm a bit nervous about that. But like, he's got more people. He's got better players in his team now. I, I think it's um, you got Cade's going to draw some attention. What happened last season was Jeremy Grant started going after 25, and um, all mm. the defenses just kind of homed in on him. But I think um, with a new team, with a, a K-point guard, he's going to draw some attention. I, I think Killian Hayes should take a step up as well in his career. Jeremy Grant, I think, will be in between the start of the season and the end of the season, but he still should be good. He still averages a block a game as well, which is yeah. really valuable. Two threes a game as well. Great three throw percentage. He averaged 6.4 free throws a game and showed 85%. I think that comes down. I think that was he was going ballistic at the start of the season. So I, I do think you're right. I think it's between... Like last year, he, at the end of the season, he dropped off a cliff. Like he he was like top 30 for stretches of the year last year. And the fact that I'm pretty sure at the end of the season, in his total rankings, he was somewhere like the 70th ranked player or something like that. Let me just fact check that real quick. Um, Jeremy Grant. Let me just real quick search that one. But yeah, like it just, it just tells me that he... Um, he dropped off so much. Now, you say that like players are coming in and they're going to take some load away. So, yeah, he was eighty, sorry, 73rd uh, ranked player last year. So, after starting the season so hot, to finish at 73 means he must have been really bad down the stretch there. Um, I, just not, I don't know. Kay is going to take shots away from him. So, he's not going to get those free throws attempts. He's not going to get the scoring. They're better. So, I just think his usage is going to come down, which might help his percentages but it also is going to affect his counting stats, which is a, um, which is something that is tied to his value and saw him be up as high as he was. So, But at this point of the draft, I think it's fine. Well, what about Covington? Because Covington, um, I feel like a lot of people were off him last year and ended up putting up a great season. I mean, a punt points, he is hugely valuable. Mm-hmm. Puts up 1.93s, 1.4 steals, 1.2 blocks. Huge um, and less than one turnover a game. Yeah, no, he's massive. He's like the Draymond Green, but threes instead of assists almost, and maybe fewer rebounds. But yeah, usually under, under, underappreciated. He started the last season 
woeful from the field. Like his field goal percentage was terrible. It never really got to awesome, but it it was like sub thirty percent, I think, at some point last year. So yeah, he, he got it up to forty percent. Yeah, it was forty point one percent yeah, field goal. Is what he yeah, got up to. Yeah, and he and he was he was well below that start of the season. So he he did improve as the season went on. And last year he was new to this um, Portland Trailblazer team. He was a bus candidate for me last year, actually, if I remember correctly. Um, probably not a bus candidate for me this year. He's back going where I want him to. But yep, punt points. He's going to boost some value. Threes, steals, some blocks. That's about what you're going to get from him. Decent rebounds, but um, I think I think he is what he is at this point. Really, we all sort of know what we're going to get with Covington, uh, Bridges, and Wiggins. Points, uh, Wiggins. You're going to get the surprisingly. You're going to get a block per game, which is something that I should highlight. He is a a wing player that can get you a block per game, which can be valuable. Uh, but obviously, there are other deficiencies in his game, namely the free throw percentage and three pointers. Uh, but he is a solid source of points late in drafts. Um, so I don't mind Wiggins at this point in your fantasy draft. Let's move on to tier eight. We're looking at, you know, getting towards 90 to 100, maybe into the hundreds here. We've got a few players. Let's read them out. We've got Kyle Anderson, Harrison Barnes. Uh, one of my other, my guys, I think, this this year, Jaden McDaniels. I've got RJ Barrett here as well. Will Barton, Bojan Bogdanovic, and DeAndre Hunter. I want to talk to you about Jaden McDaniels because he, he is a bit of a hype guy. There's a, there's a few people like myself who are pretty keen on him. I think this is where you want him. I don't want to get too carried away because obviously he's not going to score a lot of points on this Minnesota team. There's a lot of shot creators around him, but he is going to get you good blocks, good decent steals. He's going to get you some threes from that position as well. I think he's going to get 30 minutes a night, which is what he needs to be valuable because I don't see much in his way this season. I think you, you could probably get a bit later. I don't know. Is, is he really locked into the starting role? I, I think so. I think, like, there's no one else really there. I mean, uh, who can I think off the top of my head that's on the Minnesota Timberwolves? I mean, you, you could have Beasley, Beasley just kind of sliding into that starting lineup and they go with a small ball lineup with Cat. Yeah, I think I think he, I think that's the way they do I think they do start with Russell, uh, Beasley, Anthony Edwards, McDaniels and Cat. I'm just pulling up their depth chart at the moment over in Minnesota, but um, you're, you're a little. You sound like you, I think throughout the whole preseason you've been a bit lower on him than I I have. What, what's I, I just think? Um, look, if he gets the minutes, yeah, it could be value in, in the blocks category. Yeah, uh, but I still don't think he gives you a whole lot else. So I, I wouldn't be taking him inside the hundred personally, just because I guess there's a bit of upside. But he, even when if he does start to really show things, it's not going to be incredible value. Yeah. Um, but I think there's other players you could sleep on in, in this tier. I actually really like RJ Barrett. I think out of these guys, he screams, I'm reliable. I can put up 18 points a game. I can contribute. Yeah. Um, if he takes a step up and I don't know, it could be the threes or he, he could average 20 points a game. Pretty like it could happen this season, even with Kemba there, yep. maybe he gets a bit more space to work with. Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, but RJ Barrett, out of these guys, um, I think let the league in minutes. He, he's got to be out there. He, he's going to, Give you, he's going to be Mr. Reliable. Yeah. No, I think, uh, uh, fair enough. I think he is the highest upside, guys. I'm probably less confident that he gets there because the steals and blocks aren't there. Uh, there are a few guys coming in. But, you know, in terms of pure how high could he go, he probably is the highest player in, in this list in terms of upside. Uh, I'm just a bit more confident with the road and pathway to improvement that Jaden McDaniel shows and, and the blocks 
uh, threes combination is quite unique, uh, which which is you know something to be said. You've also got guys like Carl Anderson, Harrison Barnes, which are just reliable. I think that's they just they they are what they are. Carl Anderson did all his all his things in like twenty eight minutes a night last year, so I don't think that comes down. I think it's probably about the same. Um, so he is a pretty unique um, guy there that gives you a bit of everything without hurting you anywhere really as well. Let's keep moving right along. Tier number nine, we're looking at starting to get toward the late round flyers. These probably guys should all get drafted at some point, maybe if you're not keen on some of the others as well, but should all be 12-team rosterable. Let's go through Sadiq Bay, Patrick Williams, a couple of Joes and Joe Ingles and Joe Harris, Dorian Fina-Smith, Keldon Johnson, and Kelly Oubre Jr., Bit of a yuck list here. I do like a couple of the young guys at the top of the list in Sadiq Bay and Patrick Williams with a bit of fun upside, but statistically in their profiles, they don't project like the best fantasy players. But um, yeah, a bit of a boring section in the list here. Cal, what, what are your thoughts on these guys? Out of these guys, I kind of I kind of do like Patrick Williams. Um, uh, he's obviously going to have to be the main defender on that team because outside, I guess Lonzo can play a bit of defense, but th- th- those Chicago Bulls, I'm not going to be impressive. Um, even with um, you got Vucevic as well. You maybe you could have a case that Patrick Williams has averaged more blocks. You didn't see that. There wasn't a huge sample size last season with them two together. But he's definitely going to be the, I guess, power forward. Um, he's going to guard the best guy on the perimeter. He he could be a bit of a sleeper. Maybe he um, brings his range out. The one thing he didn't do, he, he took a lot of deep twos um, mm. last season, and he didn't take enough threes to have a whole lot of value. Yeah. Look, maybe he takes a step up this season, and, and that's what he. He ends up getting one and a half to two three pointers a game. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's like I just I'm a bit scared away by the other players on his team there with those high usage guys with you know your DeRozans and Zach Levines and Vuceviches and I just think that he's he's pretty similar to Jaden McDaniel's in that kind of sense, but without the ability to block shots as much. Um, so I kind of compare them the two, but I just like McDaniel's you know uh, raw ability a little bit more um, than than Patrick Williams, but you could kind of see them similarly. Let's, let's go on to the last tier here, tier 10. We've got a bunch of names here. Uh, one of our guys, Alexei Pokusevsky, Poku, uh, leads the list. We've got Devin Vassell for the Spurs, Chuma Okiki, Jay Sean Tate, Isaac Okoro, Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes, Larry Nance Jr., Reggie Bullock, Lou Dort, Dylan Brooks, Darius Basley, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, and TJ Warren, who came out today that he is still recovering from his foot injury and is out indefinitely. For me, that is a red flag if I've ever seen one. He is screaming to me like he's a Jaron Jackson Jr. of 2021. I'm just really worried about him, and and I'm not going to spend anything more than a last-round pick just so I can stash in my IR spot. And even then, it's like, whatever at this point. But um, quickly, your thoughts on TJ Warren? Um, Yeah, look, I think he has to be a stash. If he's not in the last round, I think... um... (laughs) You'd be happy yourself. You didn't take him. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. Uh, let's talk about some of the upside guys here: um, Poku, Vassell, Okiki. Maybe you could throw in Isaac Okoro to that list. Who, who do you like in terms of a late round flyer in those guys? I think if um, if you're putting three pointers, um, or if you're putting points, I actually really kind of like a Scotty Barnes in, in the last yeah, okay. couple rounds, even because. Uh, he, he can definitely get you some steals. He could get you some help defense on blocks. He had one of the best wingspans in the draft combine. And as you touched on before, um, Siakam will be out for the first yes. month or so. So he will get minutes. He probably will start. 
and um, he, he can get assists yeah. as well. I, I think he's a great fit for a punt threes and punt, um, punt point build. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that uh, for sure. I, I do like him, and if he if he plays well at the start of the season while pa- Pascal Siakam's out, maybe he earns himself some more minutes for the entire season. So um, we do like him as a long-term prospect. He was high in our Dynasty rookie rankings, so I, I don't mind at all. Yeah, throw it out, see, see what happens. I also like Devin Vassell a fair bit. Um, we saw Keldon Johnson step up last year uh, for the Spurs as a second-round player. They don't normally play their rookie, so he didn't play a lot last year, but he's got some good steals, good threes. Uh, percentages are decent as well, so uh, there's a big hole over there in San Antonio. It wouldn't surprise me if he is starting, so I'm watching that um, rotation battle uh, very closely. If Keldon Johnson starts at the four and maybe Vassell starts at the three, we could see him have some good value. And uh, Chum Okiki, he was someone who did well at the end of last year after the trade, but uh, with Franz Wagner coming over and, other, and Isaac coming back as well, I don't know how much upside he does have, but he could be someone that gets you some good defensive stats and rebounds and stuff like that in the draft. So is worth a flyer in my opinion. Anything else you want to touch on with those last few players there, Cal? I'll say, um, look, Larry Nance Jr. was is amazing in steals. If he needs steals in the, in the late round, uh, I reckon just go for it, take him. He should get minutes. He could even steal the starting um, role. I feel like at this point, they're still going to go with the three guards and Daniel Lillard, CJ, and Norm Powell. Yeah. And then um, Covington with uh, Nurkic is probably just the round out the starting five. But there is a world I can imagine where He's maybe at some point they man. decide that they want more, more size and they bring Norm Powell to the bench and probably start... Uh, Larry Nance Jr. That, that could happen, maybe on a night-to-night basis too, so keep he's, an eye out for him. He's someone that doesn't need a lot of minutes to put up good value as well. I think he can put up good steals in, in limited minutes, so no, I do like that as well, uh, especially if you are punting threes there also. All right, well, that'll do it for us today, guys. If you are watching along on YouTube, please make sure you are subscribed. We are getting very close to 1,000 subscribers, and maybe by the time this video is out, we've hit there, and if so, thank you very much, but let's keep getting it up higher hit the thumbs up button. If you're listening along on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five-star rating or give us any rating you like. Just let us know what you think of the podcast and if we're helping you in your league. Any questions, disagree, let us know in the comments and we'll see you guys next time. Laters.